They say the gods made us in their image. We think of this as a blessing. We think of ourselves as mighty and just, a mirror of the splendor we see in them. Not once do we consider the evils we inherited from them too. Welcome listeners to the Facades of Gods, a no-show radio production. With me tonight, I have... I'm Alex, and I play Giselle McNamara, formerly Harris, formerly Pascal. My name is Bianca Zelda, and I will be playing Jada Jacques. My name is Ethan Schaff, and I'm performing as Clarence Bertram. And I am Kyle, your master of fate tonight. What? You forgot already? Typical. Be sure to listen this time. I don't care to repeat myself. Officer Jacques had the audacity to throw my dear dead husband in my face. Fortunately for her, I'm a patient woman and not one so easily intimidated. Clarence wandered off to answer some payphone that refused to stop ringing. The person on the other end asked for a confession or something. Honestly, you'll need to ask him about it. At this point, all I want to do is go home and drink a bottle of champagne. But yet, we trudge onwards towards the subway, as it's the officer's only lead towards Lloyd. We had these odd little tickets, which I thought were scrap. I hardly take the subway these days, so don't expect me to explain the intricacies of the L. I'm apparently accompanied by lightweights and cowards as Officer Jacques and Clarence startle over a little trip down south. What's the harm of gunshots every now and again? Although I will say, the station we ended at was a bit odd, what with the metal to marble and generally odd-looking people. Then again, it is Chicago at night. Did you get it all this time? So you all are at the top of the stairs in the station watching the throngs of people move and muss about. Everything's a little overwhelming, and you find your feet just subconsciously taking you down these steps. Nothing is quite clear as the clicks of the feet as they hit the marble on their way down, and you find yourselves suddenly in the middle of the room. What do you do now? Look around. Do we see that tall individual? As you look, you see many, many people, but none quite fitting the description of Lloyd. At least none out here in the open. How many exits are there? You look across the room, and on one side, it is a wall of revolving doors. To your right is a bunch of kiosks, uh, windows, and people waiting in line, queuing up, probably to get their ticket somewhere else. To your left is another set of stairs that lead downward, and behind you is the grand staircase. And sorry, where did we come from? The grand staircase. Okay. Yeah, it was, the, the beginning of the staircase kind of overlooked the room, and you descended down into the middle of it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and grab Jada. Oh, I 
I think we lost him, but maybe if we find a conductor or someone who works here, we can ask them to see if they've seen him. We're limited on time. Let's go talk to somebody at the kiosk. You make your way over to one window that above it all is labeled info. And there are only a few people in line ahead of you. And they make their way through pretty quickly. Behind the desk is a gentleman who looks very clean. Uh, His button-down shirt is pressed. He wears a, a vest, a green vest with gold buttons. And on the green vest is a small name tag. And all it says is Michael. Hello. How may I help you? Uh, yes. Um, Michael, we're looking for a tall gentleman, uh, light skin, dark hair. Have you seen anybody in the past, oh, we'll say two minutes pass with that description? He stands for a moment, a little bit straighter, kind of scans the crowd. I'm sorry, that information is not available to me. Odd turn of phrase. That really is strange. I think they're allowing their people to drink on the job. You would know, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. Michael, do you have a superior that I can speak to? He stands, again, straight, and goes blank for a moment. Not, not like, robotically blank, okay. just, like... <laughs> Like he's he's searching in his in his own mind. He's like, you know, no one's ever asked me to see him before. Um, sure. Give me one moment. Yes, please. We're in a rush. And he steps back. Uh, there's a door that he goes behind him. Uh, he opens the door, steps through, and he's gone for maybe thirty seconds. He so he comes back. My boss is. Very busy. Uh, He is on his way, but in order to facilitate your information gathering process, what is the nature of the thing or person that you are searching for? Look, we're going to make this quick. I'm on official business, and I'm going to reach into my uh, messenger bag, pull out my badge, flash it. I'm looking for a certain individual, and either you or your superior can help me with this, and we can get this handled as quick and as painless as possible. He looks at the badge. Mm, not recognized. Um, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Are you new here? Uh, no. I suppose time is of relative measure. You know how a lot of people say that it's kind of like a construct? It's just, I feel like I've been here for forever. Michael, Michael, please, so. please. Captain, I, I don't think you want to... He's not all there, obviously, so... I'd say let's wait. Or we can just go back on our merry way and maybe look for him ourselves. If, if that's what you want to do. Fine. Um, is there any paper, like, at the kiosk? Something that I can, like, grab and, like, write on? Uh, there is a notepad that is right next to you, and there's one of those pens that's on a little ball chain. Okay. Uh, I'm going to reach over, grab the pad of paper, and 
pull out the pen and write down um, my name, my badge ID, my number, and uh, a small note to the superior saying, um, please contact me about one of your employees, urgent. He takes the paper, folds it, and place it, places it in a notebook. And then he pulls out this little card. It's a business card. Uh, and the only thing that it has on it is this embossed uh, set of wings. And he says, here, if you feel, feel free to contact my boss uh, at a later time, I will get this message to him. But if you find it to be much more urgent, please, again, give him a call. And he hands you the card and he waves the next person forward. Wait, wait, one, one second. I haven't been here and I'm horribly embarrassed, but which station is this? Oh, this is station D7. Uh, uh, okay. Like, kind of waves it off. Like, that was the least helpful information I could have ever gotten. <laughs> and marches forward with no direct destination. <laughs> yes, and as he says this, uh, he actually points to a grid um, that's above and behind you. And in that is one of those train maps. And it's just, it labels them alphabetically with numbers and this is a very convoluted map it's hard just to pick apart where one train goes it's very it's a highly networked system is it the map that i'm used to yeah do we chicago recognize this no it is not uh and one more time what time was the station d d seven seven okay Uh, Clarence, Jada, point of fact, and I kind of tap my finger to the map and then pull away, not look at my finger to make sure there's no grime on it. Have you been here before? No, I'm confused. (laughs) I'm going to look back at Michael and then to my watch, at the people, and then back at the map. Are we... Where are we? Am I... (laughs) I'm going to start fanning my face. (laughs) I think I need to sit down for a moment. Um, And I'm going to find a bench somewhere and sit down. I'm still a little stressed. That that train ride was heavy. I'm sure we just missed our connection somewhere. Or... Well, she says it after like the train just died. It didn't didn't stop anywhere else. (laughs) Denial. Oh, well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, how long were we on that train for? You look at your watch, and what what kind of watch would Jada be wearing? Definitely analog. Something old-fashioned. Um, probably her father's watch. Uh, he was a collector of watches, had a lot of obnoxious Rolexes. Um, so she's wearing the least obnoxious, which is still pretty It's pretty out there. Very masculine watch, giant watch face, bigger, like as big as her wrist. Of course. And so you look at the watch face, and the hands are stuck at 9.52. And you remember when you got out of the club looking at your watch and it 
It was 9.48. But that can't be right. Your watch isn't moving anymore, so maybe maybe it ran out of battery, or, you know, the, the winding on it, it, maybe it just needs to be reset. Something. I'm gonna tap it a few times on this fucking watch. Looking around the station, do I see any giant clock in the center area? There is one. And it says that it is 15 minutes till midnight. But you also see a bunch of smaller clocks all around it. All of them are listed in grid location, number, and numerals. And they all say different times. But for the next part, I would need you all to roll me a clever, please. My mind's already been blown, like. (laughs) Plus two? Zero. Three. Wait, no, sorry. One. One? Okay. Right. Giselle, or sorry, uh, Jada is the only one who would notice this unless uh, either of you wish to use an aspect to get something better on this roll. Reroll or add two. Not that important to Giselle at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. Nope, I'm kind of just there. Uh, so, Officer Jacques, you notice that when you try to line up the times with the numerical order of what this should be it seems like they don't the clock faces don't exactly follow the order of the grid but they're different enough to at least from what you know span about a third of the globe Can I just <laughs> Can I just say if this was me and my character, I would just look at that and be like, "Man, that's a lot of time zones. I didn't realize that that's what was what we had." I feel like we're watching Jada just freak out. Buffer. Like, like that's I, I feel like, like it's just kind of this buffering moment of what is happening slowly. She has that beach ball on her head just loaded. <laughs> She's, I'm going to look over to Giselle and then to Clarence. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm going to press two of my fingers into my temple. Do those clocks make any sense? Well, you see how clocks work, is that? No, no, Giselle. I'm not, not in the mood. I mean, I don't know much about time. I just, they're clocks. That's all. That's all they are. What's so special about them, officer? Captain? Officer? Do I know which one? I don't think we've ever discussed it. <laughs> I, no, I, I think I think it is still just officer because you do have a desk sergeant that you report to. Yes, so. it is officer. <laughs> and I just call her Captain Jack just for the fun of it. So uh, it, that can't be right. It just it doesn't make sense. And I'm gonna jump to my feet, storm back over to the help desk, push my way through those two people that were waiting in line, and slam my fist on the desk. Michael, is this place a joke? A joke? No. Where? He looks very confused. Where am I? I, Am I in Chicago? 
Chicago, Chicago. No, no, you don't oh. you don't get to think about the answer. The answer is yes. And you're gonna tell me what is going on. You you really aren't from here. Things are making sense. I, however, am not equipped to explain the matter to you. Are you not help? You are help desk, right? You're going to help me. Let's talk this right now. I'm gonna come up and like try to kind of put my hand on, on, on your back. Like kind of like between your shoulder blades. Jada, darling, let's not make a scene. I think we're past the scene. Thanks, Giselle. <laughs> I'm sure he will do his best to help us. Is there a video? Maybe a Walkman we can listen to? Something that will give us some idea of where we're at or what's going on. I'm sure everything will be explained very quickly if you just, just, yeah. Okay. Take a deep breath. All right, Michael, help desk. I need answers and I need them right now. See, I can be calm. Yes, of course. He pulls out a spiral notebook from underneath the desk. He sets it next to his uh, folder that he put your information into. And he starts flipping through it with one hand. And he's doing this very fast, and he's not even looking at it. And then he stops on a certain page. He picks up the spiral by the spine, flips it onto the opposite side. And then he says, ah, yes, here's the number. He picks up a phone. And without even dialing anything, he says, yes, I have some newcomers from the surface. Yes. And then he hangs up the phone. An escort will be with you shortly. Uh, and he motions with his hand to, for you just to stand off to the side. Just at, still at the desk, but uh, just off to the side. An escort for what, Michael? For the answers you seek. Fine. Fine. And I'll walk over to the side. See, Jada, this is why you just go look around and not ask questions. We probably could have found him by now, but you had to flip your lid and now we're waiting for someone. I don't need to hear this from you, Mr. Bertram, but thanks. You're welcome. A few seconds pass, and these two men in long coats and bowler caps, they dress almost identically, even though they look, their, their physical appearance couldn't be more opposite of each other, are striding towards you. They don't exactly look friendly, but they don't look hostile either. And the slightly larger of the two... I believe you are the ones we were sent for. Um, Please follow us. Yeah, sure. And I'll follow yeah. <laughs> these very suspicious gentlemen. They turn on their heels in uniform work and begin walking straight back to where they came from. They, the smaller of the two, only looks over his shoulder once to see if everyone's coming. Could I get your names by chance? And I'm like trying to tiptoe still a little bit. My heels, it's been a long night. My feet are starting to hurt. 
but I'm I'm a trooper. I'm not gonna take him off. Not here. Not yet. Does it look like you're doing like that sore foot kind of like cobble walk a bit? Not quite yet, but we're getting there. Okay. Let me know when you get there. We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am Felix. Any other response? And I am James. Felix, James, I'm Giselle. It's wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to show us whatever it is you're about to show us. I'm sure it's going to be enthralling, truly. Right, right. Well, I believe there awesome questions that we both have of each other. And he opens the door into this room. And Officer Jacques, you would recognize this as an interrogation room. Actually, you probably all would. Customs, here we come. (laughs) This is when my eyes peek and I go, "Um, I should have just stayed at the Invo booth. You get ushered in and the larger of the two, which is Felix, closes the door behind you. First, you didn't happen to bring anything of contraband nature with you, did you? I look at Clarence, because he's the only one I can imagine between the two of us, like, oh shit, did we bring something? I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm going through the Rolodex in my brain, like, uh, what's in my pockets right now? Um, nope, just, just the smokes in my ID. We're good. Very well. And there's some large seats. Um, They look a little more comfortable than your typical metal chairs, but not by much. And they sit across the table from you. Are there three chairs? Yes. I'm going to stand with my arms crossed. (laughs) I take a seat center. Of course. Of course. I I flip a chair around and, and uh, straddle it, and I put my arms on the, on the backrest. So I guess our first question is how did you get down here? I'm sorry, that's your first question? Have you ever done an interrogation before? Sir, you said your name was James? James, are you CIA? Are you FBI? What am I dealing with right now? No, no, nothing so trivial. No, see, Jada, you're on the wrong side of the table for those. You need to give them the snarky answers, so we should have just said, we came on a train. Don't give them anything they don't want to know. Clarence, would you like to answer these questions? Go right ahead, and I'm going to wave you forward and keep my arms crossed and lean up against the far wall. Don't mind if I do. Are we sure that's smart? Too late. She already did it. (laughs) I start fumbling my bag for a smoke. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't have any. So, how did you get down here? Well, it's like I said before. I took a train. And how, sir, did you get on that train? Mm, Like any other way you would get on a train we went through the gate interesting and your name is oh i'm clarence and 
And you, ma'am? Gesturing to Jada on the back wall. I'm not answering any of your questions until you answer my questions. Felix looks to uh, James. Very well. What did you have to ask? Where the fuck are we? So you came down from the surface without any idea where you were going. Yeah, that's her. Are you condescending to me, Clarence? And you... Sorry, was it James that was talking? Or Felix? Felix was the one talking. And you, Felix? You understand, we took a regular subway to a regular destination, and we end up in this shithole, and I need answers. Oh my god, Jada, for the love of god, you realize we are not in the right position. Of course, this isn't your territory. We need to play their game, and you're just fucking it up right now. We can be civil. Look, what you took was far from ordinary. You came to a far from ordinary place, at least by your standards. I'm starting to gather that. This is not a place someone just stumbles onto. This is the place where the very old and the very unique make their living. This is not something that the old world really understands. So what you're saying is we're in the mob territory and we should just politely back out of this and... Oh, no, 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 no. Mr. Clarence, the city is beyond ancient. We've called it our home for a while. What we want to do is to maintain the peace and sanctity of that home. So, how did you get down here? I want a lawyer. They smile slyly at each other. You're not under arrest. You're not being detained. You're free to go if you wish. But you will be watched. Alright then, I suggest we leave then. Because this is getting weird. What is this ridiculous Renfair called then? The city is gone by many of names. A lot of people, foolish, might want to say this is a heaven of sorts. Plenty would say it's a hell. You may call it Elysium. In Elysium, there are rules that everyone must follow. And they are rules set by the old. If you do not follow them, that is your choice. But consequences far more dire than prison are what await you. Okay. I've got one last question. Can we go home? Well, that is... What we wish, though it's not really up to us. That card that you were given, I assume Michael gave it to you? That is who you must talk to. He's hard to track down. He's a very busy individual. And on more than one occasion, 
he's made things very difficult for a lot of people. So going to him for an answer, even though it may be the only way, may be one of the hardest things you've ever done. Great. Do you have any other questions? I need a glass of water. Of course. And James gets up, and he goes over to the door. He opens it, he steps out. He comes back in moments later, and it's a really nondescript glass of water. He hands it to you. Does it taste like my Chicago water? No, it's tap water. Okay. It's not your tap water, but it's tap water. That's always how you can tell you're somewhere different, is if the water doesn't taste the same. So let's say we decide to play this silly game of yours. You say there's rules. Is there a rule book somewhere? Where would you suggest we start? Is it a scavenger hunt? What kind of game are we thinking here? Well, most of the rules are if you want something, you'll have to make a deal. Oh, shit. (laughs) And if someone can't hold up their end of the deal, all bets are off. Ah, so it's just like any other day for me. I believe you're seeing the picture, Mr. Clarence. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing it. There are many places you may go to strike such a deal. If you wish to contact the manager of this station, that could be a start. Hard to tell, though, when he may get back to you. If you wish, there are taxis that run right outside those doors. They can take you somewhere of your liking until you can get a hold of him. So, Felix, my my friend, just to get the anxious one over there to calm down a little bit, say we came down here because we were following someone that came the same direction we did. Where would a person like that go for fun? Subtle. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it depends on where you were heading. If we knew that, we wouldn't be asking you. How should I know? I just met you. Awesome. Cool. However, there are plenty of rocks for scum to hide under, especially down here. Felix kind of taps his chin. You could start over in the club district. The kind of good music over there? Of all sorts. You could usually find your taste and brand. Just about anywhere. Especially down here. There's always something for everyone. I'm going to finish my glass of water. Walk over, put it down on the table that divided us. Okay. Let's assume I believe everything you say. And the... You understand I work tomorrow. I need to be out of here as soon as possible. My pager isn't working. I have no way to contact my superiors. I just... I need to go. I I came here for something stupid, and I'm over it. I, I, I want to be... <laughs> I want to leave. You're kind of espousing your urgency to leave. And he says, Well... Again, the only way to get out that I am aware of 
is to contact the manager of this station, but we don't know everything. No one does. I'm sure there's another way to leave via slightly less conventional means. But you won't find that here. Okay. Well, uh, sirs, <laughs> thank you for the riddles. Um, thank you for the water. I want to leave. Goodbye. And I'm going to walk out of the room. I get up out of my chair. I go around the long way from the table. So I walk behind both Felix and James and I, James and I pat them both on the, on the shoulder respectively and just say, thanks for filling us in folks. I'll, uh, be sure to play by the rules, I guess. Good that you do, Mr. Clarence. Good that you do. Uh, I'll linger just like a few seconds behind those two. Slowly stand up. Is there a good way to contact you? In case we get lost or we need a friendly voice? Of course. Yes, here. Please, take our card. It is a business card. Fairly nondescript. It has a number. It looks kind of European in nature. Otherwise, it's just the number. And it just says on it, James. And one last question. Do either of you have a smoke? Oh, yes. One moment. He pulls out what looks to be a hand-rolled cigarette. And he uh, kind of makes sure that it's all tucked in. Nice and neat. And then he hands it to you. <laughs> Like, does the whole dramatic thing, like, putting your mouth in, like, come on, light it for me, obviously. Oh, oh, <laughs> of course. Felix, I'm, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Would you be so kind? And he holds out his hand, he snaps his fingers, and at the edge of his thumb is a little flame. I, I imagine, of course, they'd have magicians here at this silly game. Thank you for the light. And just scurries on out, like... Of course, of course, that was just a silly flame little trick that to, to impress, impress a cute girl like myself. <laughs> of course. Are you making your way out to the street then? I want to catch up to, to Jada if she's not just bolting at this point. No, I pretty much made my way to the lobby, had to stop, uh, crouch down against the wall, and have just been trying to catch my breath. Um, slight anxiety attack. This is sensory overload. Um, strange place, strange people. I'm away from home. I don't travel a lot. I don't like not having control of the situation and especially considering my career, which is my life. Um, I'm not used to not having control and it's hard. Uh, so yeah, I'm just crouched down and I'm taking deep breaths. So... Yeah, seeing Jada having this meltdown. Been there, done that, have the t-shirt. <laughs> uh, I, I kneel in front of you, like kind of trying to be at the same level mm-hmm. as you, which we decided that I was taller. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a little bit more of a, of a squatting process. <laughs> but I actually try to take one of your hands and both mine. Okay, I'll let you. <laughs> Take a deep breath, darling. It's just going to pass in a moment. We'll get out of here. We'll get you back to your job that you are so fond of. Just breathe. It'll be okay. This place doesn't seem real. I can't put my finger on it, but it just seems so fantasy world 
and we don't belong. I want to leave. Well, we'll find the man behind the curtain and we'll get you out of here. Because this is just a silly game done by some nerds who have nothing better to do with their time. We've stumbled upon it. It'll be over in a flash. At that point, like, I just kind of pat your hand, like, no big deal, and I stand back up. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. All right. I'm going to stand up, take one more deep breath. (sighs) Okay. Where's Clarence? Let's go. I've just been standing there the whole time smoking. (laughs) Oh, right. I don't know how I missed you. Yeah, just slouching and just watching this unfold. Because I know I'm not going to get in the middle of this. We have two clear objectives. Frederick Lloyd, we are going to perhaps find and locate that scum in the club district. And objective number two is speaking with the manager of the station to find a way the fuck out of here. Did Jada like reach into a bag to like actually pull out uh, her bag so. to pull out those? Yeah. Okay. So when you were rifling through that bag, you brush your hand against the plastic baggie that once had the tickets, and you remember there's something else in there. You remember picking out the ID. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and pull out uh, my Ziploc bag evidence folder. So from the girl, you had this ID that said Audrey Nurse. And you remember at the time that it looked like it was made up, like someone probably pulled it out of a cereal box. In this situation, though, you're connecting a couple things. There is an address on that ID, other than obviously some of the physical uh, description, descriptors of Audrey. Are you all still staying in the lobby? I think while I'm shuffling about, yeah. Okay, so you go through this and you state your objectives. What are the responses? As you also pull out like that, that baggie as well. Pulled out a handful of things. There was like a lollipop, yeah. um, some wrapped up chewing gum, my notepad, my Ziploc bag, purse stuff. I'm definitely like, I don't know if anyone else is actually starting to walk yet, but I'm definitely kind of trying to make my way towards either outside of the lobby or towards an exit of some kind just casually walking because I know everyone's taking their sweet ass time to figure out what we're doing. I am a little caught in between. Like, I do want to move. I'm sick of the standing around. But I also don't want to leave the person who's losing their mind at the moment by themselves. And we'll look over to Clarence and then look back to Jada. And then back to Clarence and then back to Jada. I think at least all of us have some interest in this, and she starts doing air quotes, club district, wink. We might find some music, we might have a little fun, blow off some steam, maybe find Lloyd. And she kind of pauses and thinks, like, there's there's a few things we could probably do with that. And then looks back to Jada as she's pulling out all the stuff. Put that nonsense away. We'll go have some fun. Come on. Call a taxi. I'll be right there. I want to inspect the ID a little bit closer. Um, What does the address say? Again, uh, it's it's normal descriptor things that you'd find on a state ID. Um, It has a serial number 
next to the photo. Um, the descriptor information would be below it. The address would be near the bottom. And on the back, it says, let me see what I have for that one. Yeah, on the back, it just says in nice script letters, citizen. Is there like a state? Is there like a country, like a postal code? It's a, so the, the address is a street name, a number, and underneath that, it looks like a set of grid coordinates, and that's about it. It's, it's a nice little clean laminate, um, white with red lettering, and it's maybe about three inches long, about an inch and a half wide. Um, can I draw a quick correlation between the grid coordinates and the grid numbers that I see on the map for the train station? Yeah, um, roll me another clever for that, please. That was so weird, four blanks. Uh, I got plus one in clever, so one. <laughs> It doesn't look like it may be far, but again, like the the map that you see on the wall is just of the subway or of the of the train lines. So it does say the the grid coordinates does have a D beginning with it, but you're yeah, you're not really sure if that means that it's close. It could be close. Not entirely sure. Okay. This isn't exactly a place you're familiar with yet. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. All right. Um, you know, with a passing glance, I'll stuff it back into my bag and follow those two. As you all make your way out onto the street, it's actually a lot more like Chicago than what the inside of the station was. It's a little more comforting seeing the bustle of people, cars, taxi cabs, going in and out of the parking lane. And then you all look up. The sky is blank. And that's where we're going to end it. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, we had... I'm Alex, and I play Giselle McNamara. You can find me on Twitter and any other social media at Roll for Alex. Bianca Zelda, playing Officer Jada Jacques. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, pretty much any social media as at Bianca Zelda. My name is Ethan Schaaf. I play as Clarence Bertram, and you can find me anywhere that matters with the sign E-Tay-Shop. I'm Kyle, and you can find me on Twitter at LordKyleK. This has been a No Show Radio production.